podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. I want to start off today by sharing a story. For a lot of you, you have already heard this story, so bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Apparently, y'all didn't come to church that day, so you're going to get it for the first time. Okay. Uh, A few weeks ago, my brother-in-law, Nick, if you don't know him, he's the guy with the beautiful voice and, and the beautiful hair. That's Nick. He shot me a text and said, hey, I want to go fishing. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So the plan was we were going to go up Thursday. We were going to camp out. And then Friday, we'd fish all day. You know, we get up there and we start setting up camp. And as we're uh, setting up our tent, I noticed this this box over to the side. I'm not a, a, a mountain man, but I know why that box is there. And I know why it's bear proof. Because there's bear in the area. I instantly go into panic mode. I'm about to text my wife to let her know that I'm going to die tonight. I pull out my phone and I see I don't even have reception. Now I'm really panicking, you know? And so I want to ask Nick if if he's ever seen bear out here just to kind of ease my my mind. And uh, I thought to myself, well, he already gives you a hard time about worrying about things. You know, I'm the guy that gets heartburn and thinks he's having a heart attack. So I know I can't give him anything to work with. I'm just going to play it cool. I'll just process it in my mind. Well, the entire night, I can't get this thought out of my head. A bear is coming. A bear is coming. You're going to die. You're going to die. Who's going to marry your wife when you die? You're going to die tonight. All these thoughts are coming to my mind. I've already accepted the fact that the bear is coming. I'm now strategizing my escape for when he shows up. Now, I know this. I don't have to be fast. I just have to be faster than Nick because the bear's not eating both of us. And so we get to bed. We get into our tent. He gets on his his nice cot and you know, I have a sleeping bag, and I go to the corner of the sleeping bag and sleep on my side, and, and I'm there looking up at the stars. We didn't have a, 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 our top on the tent. It was just a net. So I'm looking at the stars, just rehearsing my escape for when the bear shows up. You know, where's the zipper on the tent door? Is it on the top? Is it on the bottom? You can't afford to make a mistake. Your life is on the line here. I'm sitting there strategizing, strategizing, and I fall asleep. I'm laying down, I, I have my, ha- my head on my hands and my elbows right up against the tent wall. I feel this nudge on my right elbow and it wakes me up. I, I kind of don't know what hit me. I thought it was my wife, but then I remembered I'm in the woods and, and I, I kind of just stood there for a moment. I heard this breathing and I'm not even going to try to do it because I'll choke, but it was this intense hot breathing. It was heavy. It was loud. Sounded like he had asthma. It was scary. I'm thinking, what is on the other side of the tent? Please don't be right. Please don't be right. I can feel it working its way down from my face down to my legs. I roll really slow on my back to the middle of the tent. I said, Nick, Nick, I think there's a bear outside the tent. He woke up and said, man, just go back to sleep. There's no bears up here. I've been up here for 20 years. I thought to myself, I 
I know you're typically right, but there's a bear box out there for a reason. I don't think they accidentally just left it here. I said, man, I, I, Nick, I promise I'm not trying to be weird, man, but there's a bear out there. He said, no, it's probably just a critter or a rock badger. I'm thinking, what in the world is a rock badger? But I was insulted that he would somehow think I would confuse a critter versus a bear. I knew there was no convincing him. So I rolled back on my sleeping bag, and I just laid in the position I wanted to die in. I eventually fell back asleep, and about two hours later, I am awakened by these screams. Listen, I've been to some concerts, and I have a two-year-old that is loud. She's sitting right there on the front row. She's loud, but I have never heard a scream like this before. Nick is in his boxers with a gun in his hand saying, hey, hey, get out of here. I'm like, who's he talking to? Is he going to kill somebody? He looks at me and says, put on your shoes. So I start to put my shoes on, not knowing why. He says, grab your light, grab your light. I grabbed my light. He says, on the count of three, I want you to point it right outside the tent. I'm thinking, why do we got to count to three? This is already suspenseful enough. One, two. I felt like the kid on the sandlot when they asked him to peek over the fence to look at the beast. And then three, I point my light and I see less than 15 feet away from us, looking at us right in the eyes, the biggest bear of my life. What you're expecting is typically what you can expect. All that just to say that. It's 2017. It's January 1st. And this is what I know. People are expecting some good things to take place. Across our nation, people are excited. I mean, think about it. We write these lists called New Year's resolutions of things that we know we'll never do. But we don't care because we're excited. We're going to write stuff down that our own mama knows you're crazy for doing. Because you know yourself better than me. You'll never do that. We don't care. Our hopes are high. We're expecting some good things. And that's okay. That's a good thing. You need expectation. But I began to think about 366 days ago when it was December 31st, 2015. I remember I was ready for 16. I was ready for 2016 to come. I was expecting. I'm writing things down. I had high hopes. But then now, I can't help but be grateful that 2016 is of the past and 2017 is here. But I had an expectation for the year 2016 the same way I do now. This is what I know about expectation. Just because you're expecting something doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen. Expectation is good. But expectation alone does not guarantee the year of your life. You see, if I said, have a great day, that's all I wanted to tell you, that'd be the worst church service ever. But you're in church, and we got some good news. You see, God knew that we would have expectation, but he knew he had to give us something to use with our expectation to help it come to life.
Today I want to talk to you about faith. Say faith. I'm going to answer four questions that pertain to faith that I believe will help us immensely. Question number one. What is faith? What is, what is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith means being sure of things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. To have faith means this. You have confidence to be sure, to be fully persuaded. As it pertains to what you're expecting, are you confident that it's going to happen? Are you sure it's going to happen? Are you fully persuaded? Because faith is being confident to be certain about something. We all demonstrated faith when we walked into this room and sat on those chairs. You didn't think twice before sitting down. You didn't anticipate a fall possibly happening because you were certain that that chair would hold you up. If I asked you to stand up, which I won't, because we're not going to start working out right now. It's too early. We don't believe in that stuff. If I asked you to stand up right now and sit back down and stand up and sit back down, and then on the third time say, stand up. Now, before you sit down, I want to let you know that chair could fall to pieces. You would look at me like I was crazy because you are fully persuaded that it can hold you up. When you have faith, you are confident, you are sure, you are fully persuaded. That's what faith is. Why is faith important? Why is faith important? This is what I know. Faith is how we access God's promises. Faith is how we access God's promises. The things that you're expecting to take place, it's going to take faith to bring those to life. This is what you need to know about God. Everything that you have need of, everything, favor in that court case, assistance in your finances, help in your marriage, Peace in your mind, everything, the things that you'll never tell anybody you need help with, everything you have need of, God has available for you. And what brings that into your possession is faith. Faith obtains those promises. You know, on Christmas Eve, I had just a few things still left to buy for Christmas Day. A lot of places were closed early. I was upset. But I went to the one place that you can always count on. Now, I'm not saying I love their prices, but I'm, I can count on them being open. And that's Walgreens. Walgreens is great. Walgreens is faithful. Walgreens is open 24-7. They have everything. They have everything from gum to rum. You can even, at Walgreens, buy those as-seen-on-TV things that the commercial promises you you can only buy over the... No, go to Walgreens. In one of their aisles, they have it all. Walgreens has everything. And, and let's just say the cashier has everything I need behind him on the shelves. If I went up to that cashier and said, Mr. Cashier, I have need of everything you have back there. 
Can I trade you my shoes for those items? He would look at me and say, I'm sorry, I can't accept your shoes. We only accept money. If I said, Mr. Cashier, I need what you have back there, man. I've had a really tough year. I mean, I've lost it all. I'm in desperate need. If you knew my situation, I'm telling you, you would feel for me, Mr. Cashier. I'm begging you. Can I have everything you have back there? The cashier would look at me and say, you know what, sir? I'm sorry. We don't accept begging. We only take cash. It's the currency in which we obtain things on earth. The promises that God has on his shelf cannot be obtained by begging, by thinking. You can't buy a miracle. God says, I require faith. And it's faith that's my currency. It's faith that enables you to possess everything you have need of. Faith is how you receive promises from God. There's a story in the Bible. This dad was facing a problem. This problem was significant. No doctor could fix this guy's problem. He's in desperate need. And he looks at Jesus kind of questioning, Jesus, I I need your help. And if you can help me, help me. And Jesus' response right here in Mark 9, 23, this is what Jesus says. He says, why do you say, if you can? Anything is possible for someone who has faith. Anything. Anything. What keeps you up at night, anything is possible for the person that has faith. Why is faith important? It's how we access God's promises. Number, number three, how do I get faith? If faith is developing a confidence and faith is what I need, how do I get faith? Because I don't know about you, I need some things in my 2017 And it's going to require faith. So how do we get faith? In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it tells us, says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Before we dive into this point, I just want to clarify what the word of God means. Our Bible is God speaking to you. And to every circumstance you're up against, God has designed an alternative outcome, a better outcome. It's his words to your situation. His words to your situation. I know it may look like a story from thousands of years ago, but you're supposed to put yourself in that story. And what Jesus did for that man that day, he's wanting to do for you, Today, his words, we have to hear his words. What you hear will form a belief system. My daughter is two. She loves to chew gum. The problem is, is she also swallows the gum. I've, I've witnessed her literally swallow packs of gum at a time. Like, where does it go? You're not making a mess with it. Well, I've noticed her. She swallows it. And so the other day, she was chewing this big piece of gum, and, and she, she went to swallow it. I ran to her, and I grabbed her and said, don't eat it. 
I forget she's two sometimes. She's kind of about to start crying. Like it's going to get stuck in your stomach and it's never coming out. Now she's ready to cry like she's looking at her little belly like the gum is, you know, and and I had to kind of catch myself. I'm like, Andrew, why are you acting so crazy? You see, growing up, I was always told by my mama, when you chew gum, it's going to get stuck in there, mijo. You don't want it in there. And that formed a belief in me, a belief that I now believed. And I Googled it. It's not even true. It'll come out. But it didn't matter because what I heard yesterday is what I believed today. The same way you believe things about yourself, think about it. Who said that in your life that got you to believe it? Words are powerful. We've been listening to a lot of words out here in our life. I think it's time that we begin to get his words in our ears to form the proper belief that can give us access to everything you have need of. How do I get this Bible in my ears? I know this is going to sound deep, but one great way is to begin to read your Bible. Read a chapter a day. That's, my, that's, that's how practical it is. I'm telling you, read a chapter a day. I love this church because we fight to make things as simple as possible. Every day we're reading one chapter a day. If you don't have a journal plan, we will get one to you. But we read a chapter a day. And as long as we're getting that in us consistently, we know that we're hearing properly. So we know what to believe in every moment. One thing I like to do personally is I like to listen to podcasts on iTunes. You can download the church podcast. Again, I know this doesn't sound too spiritual, but it's getting in your ears. It's forming the right belief. You got to listen to it. I'll go to the gym and I'll put on a podcast while I'm on the Stairmaster or whatever. Cause what's, what is it doing? It's allowing me to hear something right. I'm telling you when I begin to worry about stuff, when I walk in fear, I realize, Andrew, you've been listening to all the wrong things. Go put a podcast on. And I'm telling you, I begin to hear these messages and all of a sudden I become a giant again. And I begin believing again. Why is that essential? It's how we obtain God's promises. Listen to podcasts. Read your Bible. Another great way is get around the right people. Get around the right people. I believed the way I believed growing up because of who I was around. I believe like my friends believe because it's what I heard. We believe the way we believe because of who we're around, who we're allowing to speak into our lives. You've got to be careful who you're listening to. You know, this is no plug for the Dream Team, which is the greatest volunteer base on the planet. But I'm telling you, they're more than just volunteers here at the church. They're family. They're circles of family in the parking lot, in the kids' classrooms, on the production team, all over the place. And what I appreciate about being around some of them is that when my thinking gets off, when I start talking about how bad it is, one of them will be there, as annoying as it is, and say, no, don't go there. God can still do it. What is that doing? It's forming a belief. Get around the right people. Start hearing things differently. I'm telling you, when you are diagnosed with a disease that is incurable, you don't need your friend from down the street to say, well, I hope you make it. No, you need somebody in the church that is going to look at you and remind you what God says, that by the stripes of Jesus, man, you're healed. Get around the right people. It doesn't matter if they don't like the same football team as you do. 
It will save your life sometimes on who you're hanging around with. Get around the right people. What you heard yesterday is what you'll believe today. Faith, how do we get it? By what we hear. My last point today, point number four, how do I use my faith? How do I use my faith? Once I've heard properly, now that I know God can do that in my life, how do I take it from just knowing it and how do I actually use my faith? In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 verse uh, through 40, Jesus demonstrates this very well. It says, it was evening of that same day. Jesus said to them, let's go over to the other side. After sending the people away, they took Jesus with them in a boat. It was the same boat he used when he taught them. Other little boats went along with them. A bad windstorm came up. The waves were coming over the side of the boat. It was filling up with water. Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping on a pillow. They woke him up crying out, teacher, do you not care that we are about to die? This is what Jesus does. This is how faith is activated. He got up and spoke sharp words to the wind. He said to the sea, be quiet, be still. At once, the wind stopped blowing. There were no more waves. He said to his followers, why are you so full of fear? Do you not have faith? How did Jesus use faith? He spoke from a place of confidence. When the confidence is here, you have to begin to speak it out of your mouth. You know, the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 says that you and I were created in the image and likeness of God. There are things that we possess, characteristics that God also possesses. And one of those things are your words. Before the earth and we were formed, there was nothing. The Bible says that God looked into the dark and said, he didn't think, he said, let there be light. And light was. God being as powerful as he is had to do more than just think, let there be light. He had to speak, let there be light. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue. When you speak, things happen. When you speak, things happen. When you begin to speak God's words into your situations, what do I mean his words? What he has to say about your specific outcome, because it's in that book. When you begin to speak them out of your mouth, God begins to go to work. Your words are so powerful. And if I'm honest with myself, I didn't do enough speaking in 2016. I knew everything God can do. I knew enough about the Bible that I knew God can do that, God can do that, God can do this, and God can do that. And I sat there with my arms crossed thinking, God, I believe. When are you going to do it? When are you going to fix that? I didn't get up and speak. It takes energy. You feel stupid speaking to situations that don't look like what you're talking about. But that is what faith 
is. When you speak, God will act. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God is telling you and I that he is watching over his word to perform it. When you speak his word, he will perform. When you speak his word over your kids, he will perform. When you speak his word over your financial situation, he will perform. When God's word is spoken, you better believe he's taking it to the bank, man. He's watching over his word. Not the negativity we're talking. Not the doubt and unbelief. Not over our thoughts. He's watching over his word. Speak his word this year. How do I activate faith? I speak it out of my mouth. So what is faith? It's a confidence. Being fully persuaded. You can't talk me out of this. No, I believe. Why is it important? It's how we access the promises of God. It's how our expectations come to life. How do I get faith? I got to start hearing, right? Got to start listening to the right things. Got to read my Bible. It's developing my belief system. How do I use my faith? I speak it into existence. I speak his word into my situations. You know, for, for many of us, I'm absolutely convinced that this is going to help you tremendously this year as you find out what God has to say. That's, that's the first step. You can't believe for something you don't know is even accessible. I, I, I love In-N-Out, but before I knew In-N-Out animal-style fries existed, I never ordered them. I never asked for them because I didn't know they were on the menu. Some of you don't even know what God can really do in your life. That's why the Bible is essential. You got to find out what he can do. That's where faith begins. For a lot of us, I think there's something that, that maybe keeps us from believing. I know it has in the past for me. Keeps me from expecting something good. And it's disappointments. When you've been disappointed time and time again, when what you believed for or thought was going to happen didn't happen the way you expected, it puts you in a place where you'd rather not even believe anymore. I'd rather just live a life that says it is what it is. And if something good happens, great. If something bad happens, it doesn't matter because I wasn't expecting anything good. And while you may find comfort living that way, my question is, is what might you miss out on if you don't believe again? Your family, what might your kids miss out on if you don't believe again? God has already designed people in this earth to come in contact with you, people for you to impact but what will they miss out on if you don't believe again? Disappointments are real, but don't let them define your expectation. You know, a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I'd say, my wife was pregnant with our second child. 
We were excited. I already have one girl, and now we're ready for the next. I love it. I love being a dad. It's awesome, especially when your wife doesn't make you change diapers. I'm like, I'm in heaven. And we were getting ready for this next baby, you know, kind of going through some stuff, wonder what it's going to be, a boy, a girl. When are we going to tell everybody we're ready to go to the doctor? Things are moving along well. Well, right before our doctor's appointment, something happened. I remember this look on my wife's face, just absolute in pain. I didn't know what took place until I saw what I saw with my my eyes. And I knew exactly what happened. And a miscarriage took place. You're expecting, you know, something good is going to happen. We're going to have another baby. And then disappointment shows up. You know, I knew we could not allow this to define us. We couldn't allow it to define our family. We're going to have a kid. A few months go by, and my wife is pregnant for the second time. This time, things are going well. Things are looking, looking good. You know, the doctors confirm everything. Moving along good. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, our hopes are high again. We're expecting again. We're planning. Is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? What is it going to be? We're excited. I remember I was watching TV this, this specific day, and my wife comes out to me with this look in her eyes again. I knew something was wrong, and I remember what I saw with my physical eyes, and I, and I knew what happened. And in a matter of four months, two miscarriages took place. Now, by this time, I'm thinking, I'm done. Why expect? Life is better when you're not expecting. So I thought, and then I knew, Andrew, pick yourself up. Don't let situations define you. You know, there's going to be things that happen in life that are not God's fault, but a mere fact that we live in a world that is not called heaven yet, things happen. I knew I couldn't let this define us. So within just a few months, my wife was pregnant for the third time. Thank you for those claps. And things are moving, moving well. This time we're much further down the road. You know, we actually began to tell everybody. We told all of you guys that were in church that day. We're having a baby. We're excited. Is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? We're about to find out. We are excited. And three days later, after we told everybody, my wife walks up to me again with this look in her eyes that was all too familiar. I didn't need her to tell me anything. I remember walking right past her. And I remember what I saw with my eyes. And in that moment, fear tried to grip me. I'm telling you, fear, don't tolerate him. Don't you tolerate that. Fear tried to grip me. It happened again. Disappointed again. Three times in a row. Good try. Before I allowed fear to dictate my life. 
I began to speak with this set. And you see, after the second time it happened, I knew, Andrew, you need some confidence about this. You shouldn't be afraid to tell people you're expecting another baby because you don't want to let them down. Tell the world. And in that moment, when everything looked wrong the third time, God said, tell it, man. Speak to it. What do you believe? And I looked at my wife, and I pointed at her tummy, and I said, my baby is right there. I'm going to the gym because everything is okay. I didn't go to the doctors to get things checked out. I'm not saying to do that, but I had to tell myself what I believe is more powerful than what I see. And I'm going to speak what I believe despite what it looks like. Some of you are up against it very, some difficult situations. And it's hard to speak at them because they look completely opposite from what you want it to look. But that's faith. And God says, when you speak, I can act. I got good news. My baby's expected to be here in a couple of weeks, and she's bigger than my last baby was. So I'm excited. What will you miss out on if you stop believing again? In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he, speaking of God, who promised, is reliable, and is trustworthy, and faithful to his word. He is faithful. I want to pray for you today before we leave. Those of you that are are up against it, man, maybe your 2016 was a nightmare. This year can be different. I believe God is going to help us. I believe God's going to help you. I believe God's going to surround you with the right relationships. I believe this year will be the greatest year of your life. God, today, we just say thank you for being faithful, for having a better outcome than the one that we currently see in our lives, for giving us everything that we have need of. God, I pray for strength to every person that is tired. We speak for hope to every person that has lost it. God, strengthen them. Give them strength. Give them peace. Surround them, God, with the right people that have the right words in them. God, we believe that no matter what our situation looks like today, that in your eyes, it is finished. And what we need is right before us. God, we stand in expectation that our lives will be better. You know, while your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I just want to take a quick moment. Maybe you're in this place and you have never had a relationship with God. I want you to know that God loves you God is for you, and despite of your past, God still has a bright future for your life. The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord, or when you confess Jesus is your Lord, when you desire that relationship, that in that moment, it's yours. And not only do you get to go to heaven when your life on earth is done,
But everything in this book can become yours in the life you live today. If you desire that relationship, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And because we're a family, we're going to pray this prayer together. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus died for me and rose from the the grave. Forgive me of all of my mistakes. Make me brand new. I thank you that my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.